when you establish what you want and you're really honest about it and you start accepting the person you are, I really think the path starts to open up before you. This is Chanel Dokun. Welcome to Woke and Wired, a new conversation about expanded consciousness and entrepreneurship. We are here to shift the paradigm of business and marketing and social media in this digital age of infinite possibility and bridge our inner technology, our intuition with outer technology through rituals, personal development tools, conscious business practices, spiritual tools, and the magical tool of social media. I am your host, Xenia, storyteller, conscious social media teacher, speaker, and a multidimensional traveler. Welcome to the new paradigm. I am Xenia. Welcome back to Woken Wired. Today, my guest is Chanel Dokun, who is a certified life plan guide and relationship expert trained in marriage and family therapy. In this conversation, inspired by Chanel's very timely IGTV, we talk about life purpose and how standing in your power and purpose is more important than ever right now, especially if you feel like hiding, especially if you're not sure what to say. Chanel does this work professionally and she guides us through some of the tools and mindsets that she uses to help her clients achieve clarity in their life purpose. And we speak to both camps, to the camp that is into life purpose and into doing this work and into the camp that doesn't feel like there's a need to clarify one life purpose. And from what I got from this conversation, your life purpose isn't this one limited thing. When positioned in correct way, it's actually very expansive and it's very flexible. And instead of putting you in a box, it gives you the space and the freedom to jump from. That's exactly how I felt after this conversation with Chanel. And I'm excited to share it with you. Please listen to the very end as we also discuss and address the current situation in the world with the anti-racist movement. Chanel offers a very fresh and empowering perspective on it as a Black woman entrepreneur that I think will really make a difference for you because it did for me. If any part of this conversation speaks to you, please share it on Instagram stories and tag at Wired so that I can see it and share it. And if you enjoy this podcast and you haven't yet left a rating and review on iTunes, please do that. Pause right now. It's going to take you probably 15 seconds and it's going to help spread the word and create some positive frequency ripples. All right, here's Chanel Dokun. Chanel, I'm so excited to have you on Woken Wired. You and I are both graduates from Amy Jo Martin's Mastermind, also known as the Renegade Brand Bootcamp. And I recently got to know you a little bit and your work through one of the graduate calls that we had. And then already I made a note in my mind, wow, this woman, there's something about her. And then I saw your IGTV where you were talking about morning routines and nourishing yourself even in the midst of chaos and I was like whoa we have 
so much in common and I support so much that you stand for. And I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Well, thanks for having me. Likewise, I have just loved everything that you've brought to the table and you got me onto TikTok. <laughs> I'm a creeper on TikTok, but I'm, I'm going to move out soon enough. But yeah, I just so love your energy and I'm so glad to be here today. It's so funny. My fiance is one of those people who gets so much information from Instagram and now TikTok because we got into that together. And I always call him a lurker because he's one of those people who just never posts unless I post for him. But he's always like, oh, look at this guy installing tiling or, you know, this guy building a table. And it's interesting. I think, yeah, we can definitely get into the topic of social media and TikTok a little down the line. But what I would love to start with is I'm going to read your Instagram bio out loud. And then you're going to tell us what it is that you actually do on a day-to-day basis. Okay. So... Your Instagram is at chanel.dokun, and I'm going to link to it in the show notes. Life planner, NYC plus ATL plus computer, helping Jacks and Jills of all trades get clarity on your life purpose. Sparkle emoji, get life direction, and there's a hand pointing down to your link in bio. So tell us, what is it that you actually do? Why is the computer in your bio? And how did you create a lifestyle where you're able to live between two cities and be a wife and be a mother? I think like God's grace. (laughs) Um, I was able to do a lot. It's been really fun. I started out in New York City. My company used to be called Life Plan NYC. I started out doing life planning there. And I'm also trained as a marriage and family therapist. And so that's where we were based. And so right away, what is life planning? So life planning is exactly that. I help people get clarity on their life purpose. And we do that through a two-day intensive. And so it's one-on-one. I help people make sense of their life story, identify what they're really gifted at doing, build like a true life mission statement, and then create a strategic plan for how to live. And it looks at every part of their life. So it's not just about career. We look at personal, spirituality, family, relationships, everything, and we give them a plan. I love that it takes into account every area of your life because ultimately I think more and more humans are realizing and definitely everyone listening to this podcast that your business is not separate from your personal life and your personal life is not separate from your spiritual life and it's all intertwined. Absolutely. And I think it's actually a mistake that many entrepreneurs make is they build an incredible business that totally kills their soul because they haven't taken into account the reality of the rest of their life. I mean, you're one person, there's only so much you can do. And building a thriving life is more than just experiencing financial success or career success. And so we want to look at everything at the same time. So talk us through what does your day-to-day look like? So it depends on the day, but I really start each morning. I try to get up about an hour and a half or so before the rest of the family. And I have time in the morning. I call it my reclaim the morning time. And I do journaling, just stream of consciousness writing. And that's for me to center myself. And before the rest of the world starts to tell me who I am, I want to just declare that for myself. And also to work through kind of those mental blocks and things that are holding me back. And then from there, it's getting up with my son, you know, given all that's happening in the world right now, he's still at home with me. He's four years old. So no daycare right now or pre-K. He's hanging out with mom. And then it bounces around between doing calls. I do a lot of work with clients in terms of coaching them virtually. I have an online course called Clarify My Calling. So 
checking in with some of my students in the course to see how they're doing, and then a lot of follow-up work with my life plan clients. So going back, continuing to make sure they're successful. You know, I had a client just the other day that I'd made a new connection and I remembered her life purpose and some of her talents. I worked with this woman like three years ago and I was like, man, I got to connect her, you know, to this new person because there's a potential job opportunity and she's been unemployed for a bit. So it's that kind of thing where I'm trying to bridge gaps for people and help kind of move them along on their journey. And then on the big days when I'm doing actual life plans, it's me one-on-one with, with a person and just spending two days with them fully living in their life story. Two days in person or virtually? So I do both. Right now, everything is virtual. But in the past, I have been able to do them in person and we kind of treat it like a little retreat. They'll come out and they'll come here to Atlanta and they'll work with me. And so how does the living between and working between New York and Atlanta and virtual live? And I know now it's different because we're in the midst of the shutdowns and quarantine, but normally, how does that look like? So it's actually not as complicated. I've spent most of my time in Atlanta. My husband is a psychiatrist, and so we own a therapy practice in New York City called Healthy Minds NYC. And so he sees clients in that practice. And so he would spend half the week living in New York City. We have an apartment in Brooklyn still. And then he would come and fly back to Atlanta and we kind of do our life here. And then I would periodically travel to New York and I would do life plans there and see clients here and there or just visit friends. So it's not too difficult to live between two spaces. We're very lucky because our son is so young. And so some of the constraints that people have with kids and school, we didn't have that. And then honestly, because so much of my work now is virtual, like I can do a life plan from anywhere in the world for anyone in the world. So all I need is a strong Wi-Fi connection and I'm set. Wow. This is what this podcast is all about, is how can we use our Wi-Fi connections to create incredible lives that make us feel fulfilled on every level? So, you know, just even hearing that you have an apartment in Brooklyn, you have a house in Atlanta and you were doing it all while being a mom, I think is pretty incredible and very inspiring. So was that a vision that you intentionally brought into life or did it just sort of happen? Well, I don't think anything happens, right? I think that we set an intention toward certain things and we slowly move toward them. It's kind of funny. I It felt like in the moment, like it was just happening. I realized about two years ago, I'd actually put on a vision board and I'm not a big believer in vision boards, but I'm, I'm shifting gears on that <laughs> because I'd put on my vision board this beautiful house I'd seen in this magazine in Atlanta and no intention at that point of moving. I just was like this next year, I want that big house in Atlanta. And we actually decided to move fairly urgently just because of some other family needs. This was before COVID and all those other things were going on. And we ended up kind of spontaneously, because it was available, we ended up buying a house here in Atlanta. And it doesn't look exactly like the one on the vision board. But it's funny, I think when you establish what you want, and you're really honest about it, and you start accepting the person you are, I really think the path starts to open up before you. And I think the world kind of conspires to make you happy. But I think it's just it takes that space of accepting ourselves for what our true desires are rather than trying to pursue the life that we're told we're supposed to want. Okay, that's going to be a quote for sure. (laughs) (laughs) All these concepts, 
I think most of us hear them over the course of our life, but it really takes committing to doing that, accepting ourselves, establishing a vision, taking specific action steps towards creating it. And it sounds like that's what you help people do through life planning. So if you're working with someone on connecting to their purpose, and how do you even define purpose? Let's start there. And then I would love to go a little bit into what does it entail? What does one need to, what part of themselves does someone need to look at to connect with that? So I define purpose or your calling in life as being the place that's at the intersection of three things. So I say that's at the intersection of your talents, which are the things that you do exceedingly well, your heart, which is your true passion, and your position, meaning the influence that you have and the unique qualifications that you kind of have based on where you're located in life. And that can be people, that can be a physical space. And when you go to the intersection of those three things, I think that's where you start to understand like, oh, I'm meant for this. So life purpose is something that it's how you're designed. It's what you're meant to do in this world, what you're meant to contribute. And I think every single person has a purpose. It can feel elusive, but we just have to pause and slow down to actually get the space where we can discover what we are. Now, when did this click in within you and what was your own path on reclaiming all these parts of yourself to get clarity on what you now help others do? I started out in publishing. That's why I moved to New York. I'm actually a California girl and which all your listeners are going, oh yeah, I hear it now. But I'm from California. I moved to New York and I wanted to work in magazines. I got my dream job at Hearst Magazines. And I remember standing one day, I used to work for House Beautiful and they build this life-size kitchen in the middle of Rock Center. And I remember standing there and thinking, I'm in this kitchen. This is like everything I would have wanted. I'm in the center of the universe, it feels like. And it feels so empty and unfulfilling. This is not enough. And I am made for more than this. And so that sent me on this journey of going, who am I really? Why was I drawn to publishing? And why do I believe that I'm meant for something more? And I actually went into the life plan process. Someone did a life plan for me. And through that, I discovered, I understand now why I was drawn to certain things from the past. And I also want to invite other people into this journey. And a lot of, well, my life purpose is actually to do this, <laughs> is to help other people plan their lives. And so I kind of moved in this direction. But it really came from more of that pivot point in my life of going, you know, I just, I'm made for something more. It, this can't be all that there is. Wow, that's so interesting. The question that really shook something in me is, why was I drawn towards this path? Because for me, I usually just look forward. If I want to create something new, I see a vision. I'm also a manifester in human design. I just want to like scratch everything I've done before, create a brand new everything, brand new vision and move towards that. But I can see how much value there is in looking back and seeing, well, hold on. There's a reason why I am where I am and why life, God, universe brought me to where I am now and everything I've achieved up to this point. So instead of erasing that? How can I have that be a foundation towards the next step? Did I get that right? Absolutely. I mean, there's so much valuable information in your past, right? You know, I'm a therapist too. So I don't think (laughs) my therapy philosophy is that I don't think anyone's crazy. (laughs) Truly. I think that I mean, we have maybe like the psychopaths, right? But for the most part, people have a hard time, because they're doing something because it makes sense. So all of those things that you've done in your past, even when that step feels like it's no longer the right one for you to keep taking, 
you did it for a reason. And uncovering what that reason is, is actually great information to guide you on the next thing that you're going to do. So you want to collect all that information as you go. Yes. Yes. Wow. I'm definitely going to be journaling on this tonight. (laughs) (laughs) So how did you, Chanel, go from having someone else make a life plan for you to having that be your own career? And what were some of the perhaps mentors you've had along the way or courses you've taken or books you've read that have really helped you? Right before I did my life plan, I'd already had this inkling that I was meant to do something else. And I had been writing, working on a book. I went back to school to do the marriage and family therapy program. So I already was kind of barreling toward this life as a therapist. And in my life plan, we actually go through and we filter potential job opportunities and we do it through the lens of now understanding your talents, your heart, your values, your life purpose. And so when we had filtered the idea of being a full-time therapist, I realized that I wasn't wired to do like that kind of work where I sit with someone day in and day out for like years at a time, that I'm the kind of person that I give like big, visible, dramatic results. I'm like your breakthrough person. And so I knew that I wanted to do something that honored mental health and that honored self-discovery. I had done some spiritual formation work. What is spiritual formation? So I actually did it. Well, I did a biblical studies program for my undergraduate work. Um, I have a minor in that as well as psychology. And uh, spiritual formation is kind of this beautiful intersection between theology and psychology. And so I had done some work in that and understanding just who are we in this world. And I wanted more of it. I wanted to keep playing in that space, but not in the typical therapy room. So when we did my life plan, it was funny because my life plan guide, she kind of laughed and she was like, I actually think your life purpose is to do life planning. And she's like, I don't want you to think that it is like pyramid scheme wise. She's like, I really think that you're wired to do this. And it's been true. So certainly I think a great place of clarity is the life plan, right? It's There's nothing that I've come across that I think gives such comprehensive insight to people. Beyond that, another program that I've done, there's an organization called Plywood People, and they have a program called Path by Plywood. And it's meant for entrepreneurs that want to do basically do something good in the world and create organizations or for-profit companies that can serve the world. And so they helped me get some insight and other organizations like them. And then there was a book that is written by Andy Crouch. It's a little bit Christian-based. So if that's not your wheelhouse, don't be thrown off by it. But he wrote a book called Culture Making. And it's a phenomenal book talking about what it means to create cultural goods. And he kind of talks about how the best things that we create in this life will be the things that kind of we take with us into heaven and that continue on for generations to come. And that was really inspiring for me of reconceptualizing work as like, I want to create like the best cultural goods that will serve people. And so what does that look like? You know, what's interesting is when you think of, well, first of all, everyone listening to this podcast, and I think so many people in the world now are looking towards how can I not only have a successful business, but also do good at the same time and feel fulfilled on both a personal and professional level. And what I wanted to clarify is when you talk about breakthroughs, in my experience, sometimes breakthroughs 
come not, sometimes I have a very specific question about my business. You know, should I change my Instagram handle to this or that? Should my website be this or that? And then I find that if I just try really hard to find the answer to that specific question, it doesn't lead me anywhere. But if I sort of step back and create the mental and the spiritual and the emotional space for the answer to just arise, usually it comes in the form of a breakthrough that is a lot deeper and wider than my question. So in your work, when you talk about those breakthroughs, and I got so excited when you talked about being the breakthrough person, because those are just, those moments are so powerful. I personally love them. And I love holding the space for others to go through them as well. What have you witnessed that you feel is relevant to share in terms of breakthroughs? I love that. I love that you're into breakthrough. And also, I think you're so right that when you try to manufacture things, or maybe go in looking to answer one specific question, often the breakthrough doesn't happen, right? Um, And I think that that's very true. That's actually why uh, the process that I do, why we call it life planning versus like life coaching, right? I think life coaches, and this is not to discredit them, they do amazing work, but a life coach is really there to work with you in a more linear way. They're trying to help you achieve a specific goal And so you're kind of barreling toward one end point. Whereas life planning, it's more of a discovery and perspective gaining process. So a lot of it is in that two days is I have constructs and I definitely have a plan of where we're headed, but it's holding space and learning a lot of information about yourself over and over and over again, where actually the plan starts to open up before you. And so I usually tell clients, it's so funny because when you get to your life purpose statement, like we figure it out over lunch and it's a bit underwhelming because we've done so much work before that, that you're like, oh yeah, that's totally me. I have absolute confidence that that's the person that I am. And so the aha is like a mini volcanic eruption, right? It's not extreme, but it's like this little burst of like, oh, I feel seen. I have language to describe who I am now. That's who I've always been. Yes. And then after that, when we get to the planning part, it's not really like, oh, let's create this massive to-do list for you. It's a, I can't help but list. It's like, oh, that's the inevitable consequence of me doing the thing that I'm meant to do. So I think you're onto something with not necessarily entering it with an extreme agenda. You want to have like a light plan but really holding space and not being afraid to continually seek out perspective in multiple ways in the same kind of topic area. So how much of this work is strategic and how much of it is intuitive? Wow, that's a great question. I don't know. I don't know how I would break that out because to me, the strategic is the intuitive, right? Like strategic is putting, I think strategic is putting language around what you intuitively sense, right? So I think it's, can it be a hundred percent both? (laughs) I think it's both of them. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. When I started the podcast, if anyone goes back into the archives, there's this trajectory of my own personal evolution where I started by, you know, let's find balance between strategy and intuition. How do we find it. And then the more I spoke with people I look up to whose work I admire, I realized, whoa, they're actually not separate. You take strategy, you take intuition, you put strategy on top of it, and you allow them to work together to support each other. So I accept the answer of each one being 100% for sure. (laughs) Awesome. And with purpose, I think there's 
at least two camps, right? There's people who are always seeking their life purpose and, and get excited when they hear that word. And then there's the other camp who don't believe that everyone has one life purpose and they just want to go through life being multifaceted and not even looking that way. Do you find that you work with more with the first kind of people or do you end up working with both? And what's your experience been with that? I do work with both. I'll say that the the person who is really open to the idea of a life purpose is much easier to work with. <laughs> They're already seeking it. So all of my like Enneagram ones out there or my like INTJs that love, love closure, they're like the great folks to work with. I think I do work with the other kind. And it's really just a fear of a little bit of a fear of commitment, and then also a fear of being boxed into one thing. And I actually teach this through the Clarify My Calling course. I talk about the necessity of your life purpose being something that's flexible enough for all the different seasons of your life. So I have a core life purpose statement. And it applied before I ever got married. It applied once I had a child. It applied when I'm kind of trying to focus on what it means to build out a rhythm for my family. And then it also applies in my general work life. So it needs to be something that's flexible for all seasons. If it doesn't work, if your life purpose doesn't allow you to be nimble and responsive to what life is throwing at you, it's probably the wrong life purpose statement. Oh, all right. I would love to get specific here and hear your life purpose. And also using your example, if you feel comfortable with that, what are your talents, heart and position so that we understand the process a little better? Sure. So my life purpose statement is I exist to identify brokenness and share ideas to empower wholeness and facilitate cultural transformation. Ooh, how timely. I know, right? It's totally what I do. And I really feel that. I look at the world and I see the things that aren't working. And I love kind of connecting people with resources or helping expand their idea of what's possible so that they can be whole people. And I believe that when someone's whole, they change the world. And so I want to help create whole people. That's really, that's, so that kind of answers the heart space for you a little bit. That is my passion is getting people to both be in a place of wholeness But in addition to that, the extra thing I would add is I love for people to find redemption in their stories where they like notice that there was meaning to something that they thought was random. And I think that, yeah, it gives people such peace. And I think it helps them what we were talking about earlier. I think including your past rather than it having to be something you discard and viewing it as an asset, I think is a real gift. So that's, that's my purpose statement. That's my heart. My talents, so I have um, a few of them here. So I'm a core solutionist, um, meaning that I like to solve for root problems. I don't like solving surface level issues or quick solutions. I want to solve for what's really beneath the surface. I'm a systemic integrator, so I'm really good at helping create systems. So I take something that's a little esoteric, like how do you discover your life purpose? And I'm really good at putting that into a system that somebody else can follow. I am an insight communicator, so I can't help it. Any big piece of knowledge that I've gotten, I do fairly well with sharing it with other people, but also making complex ideas digestible for them. And then the last one is I'm a transformation facilitator. So I help people change. I like to be a conduit of change in other people's lives. So those are my talents. So you might already be able to see like how my life purpose and my talents are all coming together and my heart. And then the last one is my position. 
And so when I start to think of like, well, where am I located? And I think there's been a lot of different places. Your position can change over time. My position has been in, you know, as a New Yorker, I've been working with entrepreneurs. I've worked with various ministries. I'm, I'm a Black female. And so I have a lot of equity in what it means to be a Black woman. And, and probably the greatest thing is understanding people who feel like they've never been understood before, or like they are a supporting actor or actress in someone else's life story. I've certainly felt that. And so I think I have some special kind of grace and skill that goes with me in that area too. I have certainly felt that in my life for sure, especially in my younger years. And it's so incredible to hear how grounded and clear you are in sharing what you do, because sometimes I have those moments of total clarity and being in my power. And especially with the world kind of changing so fast and our lifestyles changing so fast, I often find myself waking up and completely forgetting all of my power and everything I do. And I'm like, what am I doing? And for me, the contrast between the remembering and not is so stark that I can see how doing something like life planning and having it in writing, you know, in the first page of your journal can be a place that one can go back to in moments where they are going through this forgetfulness. It's like you're a force, right? Like in my experience of you, you are like a force of nature <laughs> in terms of you're so clear and so calm. And you take these things that I think are meant to be fun and that are meant to connect us and that people can feel so overwhelmed by. And what I was really struck by in what I've worked with you in these little ways where our lives have overlapped, it's just like you make it so invitational. Like I feel like, yes, like I want to be a part of that. And it's, it's much easier than I ever could have imagined. And it feels so freeing. And so just imagine that that's like the strength that you walk around with every day. And then if tomorrow you forgot that, what? Like the world is missing out because we need you to remember that that's your power like every day because it's such a gift to us. Wow. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. So before we move on to the topic of social media, I would love to dig a little bit into your business and the different revenue streams that you have, because the ones you've mentioned already, you have the online course, you do the life planning, you have a therapy practice. Would you break it down a little bit for us in terms of what are some of the most important ones for you and kind of down the line? Yeah. So I think the the biggest thing, of course, is the actual direct service work. So um, that's my direct work with clients. And um, that's probably the biggest revenue generator. I've been trying to grow more in the online course space. It's an interesting space for me. It's really fun to hear like, I keep getting this, the feedback from people that have gone through the course and they're like, this was amazing. It changed my life. And I was like, really? It's so weird to have that where like you weren't a part of it and somebody experienced something like that. But it's really beautiful because I want to have more time for my family. So I'm trying to grow that in a way that's organic and authentic to me. And then the other space with our practice. So I don't see therapy clients. I occasionally do a little bit of premarital counseling within our practice. But most of that work is supervising our other therapists. And so there's, I say passive, but it's not super passive because I feel like I'm very hands-on in what's going on. But the passive revenue, I guess, that comes from kind of being the business owner and working with other people. So yeah. And then, you know, just to be very 
real. And I think this, especially amongst us entrepreneurs here, I'm very lucky. I have a partner and a spouse that also works and is very successful at what he does. And so that leaves me a little bit more room to play than I might if I was single. And so I love my singles out there. And I always want to acknowledge the hardship that sometimes they have to take on by having to do it on their own. I love that you said that, you know, you're the first person to bring that on to the podcast. Really? Yeah. Well, there you go. Thanks for taking the realness to the next level. So there's two more things, at least I want to move on to. And one of them is the online component and the digital component of your work. And I'm curious, over the years, as you've been building your offerings, what role has social media courses and having a website, all of this digital stuff played in your business? The online stuff is great. Social media, I wrestle with it from day to day. That's probably, that's where I like need to hire you because I don't (laughs) fully have like a total understanding of what to do with it. And I've taken way too many courses from other people that have not, I feel like I get clarity for like a month and then I'm like, oh, like this is stressing me out again. That's how I feel about my life purpose. Maybe we should swap. (laughs) Yeah, we'll do a trade. It'll be, it'll be great. I feel like with social media, I am conceptualizing it as visual proof of what I do with clients. Now, I think that's a bit challenging because where I am right now, there's a thunderstorm. So it sounds very dramatic as I say this, I don't know if you're hearing thunder. But yeah, the work that I do is so deeply personal and intimate that I've wrestled with how do I show that respectfully online? Because I think that somebody, if they're going to make as big of an investment as they're making with me, both just monetarily, but really in terms of giving of themselves, like it's very vulnerable to share this stuff with someone. I want to tell them the stories of other people that have been successful, but how do I do that while honoring my past clients? So I've struggled there with how do I talk about it online? So I do social media, really, I'm on Instagram. I'm a lurker like your fiance on TikTok. And so I've, I have tried to figure out how to balance the things that I'm naturally drawn to. I do work that's in a very heavy space, but I'm actually like a really silly person. And my clients describe me as like warm and funny and those kinds of things. And so I, what I'm drawn to as far as what entertains me online is sometimes different than the vibe I think I, I should, which is always a danger zone, right? When I start speaking in shoulds, the energy I should put out. So I don't have it down. I need to, I'm going to keep listening to the podcast and work with you because I don't, I don't know what to do. So how do people find you then? So what I'm finding now is it's through clients, it's through referrals, it's people that vouch for me. And then really things like this, I feel like people hearing me on podcasts and actually getting to hear my heart. And I think that it's like, I think people tend to listen to me and they're like, oh, she's legit, (laughs) right? And so then they're like, I want more of that. But I don't have, you know, the things like, I don't know, kind of like the sexy SEO and those sorts of things that maybe would draw people to me. So one quick thought there is, I think there is a way, I know there is a way to share what is coming up and the breakthroughs your clients are having without sharing their personal stories by perhaps sharing what came up for you as it was happening or kind of in a more general way, how that might apply to the rest of your community. Does that help? Yeah, I love that. Just like keeping that in mind you know, that it doesn't have to be a specific story, but it can be the outcome and the learning from it, like that becomes a quote, because you have some amazing quotes. So I actually want to read your quote to move on to the next topic. So we had a call, a group call with Amy Jo Martin's group, and 
you and Nisha spoke about um, Black Lives Matter and all the anti-racism movement that is happening in the U.S. and beyond. And the video that you put out was just so vital to me personally, and I shared it everywhere I could. And the quote I'm going to read out loud is from that video. And I want to just give the mic to you for however much time after that without really asking you any specific questions, you know, whether that's what is it like to be a Black woman entrepreneur right now or a Black mom. I just, instead of asking you those specific questions, I just want to see what comes up for you as I read this. So what you shared is you are here for such time as this. It's no mistake that you, with your particular set of skills, talents, gifts, heart, and passion, were born during this time to tackle the challenges that are before us. We are the generation that is uniquely equipped to handle this hardship. You don't have to be more than you are, but you have to make sure you're not less. Stand fully in the authority of who you are. Pay attention to your talents and gifts and ask yourself, how can I bring these things to bear? What can I do? How can I live out who I am? End quote. I just want to read this every morning. So I would love you to speak more to, you know, what's been coming up for you with everything that's happening. Man, it's funny, you know, that was such a moment of inspiration. I got chills again, like with you reading it, which is so weird. I think that's a lot of us entrepreneurs have that vibe, right? Where it's like, you kind of get the goosebumps when you feel like something's flowing through you versus you generating it. I think that, you know, this time has just been wild. In our family, we have some health challenges. And so with COVID, we've already been in this place of a little bit of like low grade anxiety, some days really high <laughs> level anxiety and stress around just what the future could mean for us, absent some advancements in medicine. And so then with the racial unrest that has been going on, I think it was just I've been experiencing a lot of kind of stress and just like, what do I do? And what is my place supposed to be in all of this? Um, and I think especially probably because of social media and other things like that, it's like weird how we process our own emotions. <laughs> because it's like almost like we look online to be like, how should I feel about this? And so I've been like looking and, and watching how people are reacting and just feeling such pressure to scramble or to do something that I've sensed intuitively, I'm not actually equipped to do. And then, you know, I, it was in my Reclaim the Morning Time when I recorded that video. And it was just this like high awareness of, oh my goodness, I actually don't have to be something else. Like, and I think that it's a through line in all of my work is I say like when you're in that place of uncertainty and overwhelm, and it feels like this mystery of how do I, how do I like climb out of this pit that I'm in. I think our tendency is to want to look to something external to answer that question. And I've always found that the answer is to look in. It's always to look at ourselves and to go, who am I? And to step more fully into who you're meant to be. And so that was my response in that moment was like, oh, all of this with kind of what's happening in our country is this great wound and this reminder that people who look like me are not treated fairly. And we have a lot of odds against us. And that's not like it's more true now. It's always been true. We're just seeing it more now. And I think that can make me feel really hopeless because I don't know how to solve for that. I don't know what to do about it. And it feels unfair. But if I kind of follow what I know to be true and turn back inward, 
I can realize like, oh no, I have these gifts. So what I can do is I can mobilize people to be whole people, (laughs) back to my life purpose statement. I can help people be whole so that they can make a difference in the world. And so I'm going to channel my energy into that space. I'm not going to suddenly try to be, you know, I mean, yes, I will give my money. I will go to a protest if I can. I don't know if I fully can health wise with some of the things that are going on, but I will try to do some of those practical things. But the larger difference is going to have to be rooted in why I'm originally put on this earth, because that's the place of grace. That's where my talents are with me. And I just have results that far outpace the effort that I'm putting in. So that's the space I need to stay in rather than trying to adopt what I'm seeing online and other people are doing. So that's kind of what's happening for me right now is I'm trying to just stay in this place of peace amidst all the noise and take care of myself. That's the other piece is great self-care and replenishment because I feel so it's draining. It's exhausting. We're in a rapid turning point in our entire world. And that takes energy (laughs) that I don't have. So I need to rest. I need to take care of myself and do the things that are good for me so that I can be good to the rest of the world. I'm silently clapping on this side of the computer because that message is just so powerful. I think there's these societal pressures and energy movements that create this external pressure that make us create our own external pressure to respond a certain way, make it look a certain way on social media. And I've personally seen, you know, it go wrong with, it feels like no matter what you say, no matter how you respond, there's always going to be someone who's not going to agree with you. And just because we've also been in quarantine for a while, there's a lot of that. So I personally have just honestly taken a step back and I've been spending more time in the garden than ever doing my part, signing petitions, donating, but most of the time just spending time in the garden and doing what I do best, which is right now creating calming videos on TikTok that made people feel a little more loved and peaceful and and grounded. And you, thanks to you, I was connected to this idea that, hold on, it's not a time to hide. It's a time to, and it's not a time to hide our gifts. It's not a time to relearn whole new ways of being. Yes, we're learning this absolutely new way of navigating this bigger, more expansive cultural acceptance that we're all co-creating, but still like our gifts are still valid. Our purpose is still valid. Our businesses are still valid and we don't need to put everything on pause. It can coexist in a harmonious way. I don't have the answer how yet, but that's the feeling I have. And that's what you inspired me to connect with. Oh, that makes me so happy because we need that, right? Like I need that video in the garden and if that's what you do best, what we need is more of that. And, you know, and that's, I think you said it well with like, you're pairing it with some advocacy, you're doing the things that you can, but it's leaning more into who you are, because I need you to do that, because that's what you're best at, right? Because I have clients that I've worked with, where if I were to tell you their life purpose statements, they are people who are specifically wired to go out and advocate, they're specifically wired to fight injustice. Or I have people who their heart space is 100% in, I want to help people who are disadvantaged, or I don't like people that are under-resourced. And so they, if they focus on their heart space and I focus on mine, we actually take care of all of society. I think we have the lack when we all try to play a role that we're not meant to play. So I love that you're in the garden. Stay there, right? Like peek your head out here and there to like sign us something on change.org or whatever. 
right? But stay in the garden and then bring that beauty to the rest of the world. Chanel, this conversation has been so wonderful. I know I have to let you go to your family. And before we officially wrap up, is there anything that you feel called to share that I didn't ask you? No, I mean, I've loved talking to you and, you know, you can have your audience come and follow me. I love conversations. So if something in this conversation has sparked with you and you're listening, um, reach out to me, come on Instagram, chanel.docoon, and I'd love to chat with you, slide into my DMs and let me know what's been meaningful for you. I love that. Definitely. If any part of this speaks to you, please share it on Instagram stories and tag both at Chanel Dokun and Woken Wired. We both would love to see it. Chanel, thank you so much. Have a magical, thunderstormy rest of your evening and we'll chat soon. All right, bye. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating and a review on iTunes and share it with a friend who you think could benefit from the message. Find all the show notes and all the resources on WokenWired.com and also join the WokenWired podcast listener Facebook group. It's a private group where you can connect with people who are like-minded. And say hello on Instagram. Find me at Woke and Wired. Stay woke, stay wired, and take three deep breaths right now. <laughs>